Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, I hope you all had a happy holiday, and a lot of you probably ate some things you feel bad about now. So we have an expert on today. She's been on the show before and on some of our summits. Her name is Dr. Uma Naidu, and she has a new book coming out today. It's called Calm Your Mind with Food. We always ask you if you are going to get the book to please get it the first day or the first few days. It really helps the author out when people do that and rally together. And please welcome her to the show. Now you can hold the book up. <laughs> Thanks, Chef AJ. It's always great to talk with you. I love your show. Oh, thank you. Well, that that cauliflower, purple, my favorite color, purple cauliflower, yes. that's not like a brain to me. It, that was the whole idea. You know, it could be interpreted as a purple cauliflower or purple sprouting broccoli, which I tasted for the first time on a trip to the UK. And now I'm seeing it show up in farmer's markets, which is great. And, you know, as, as nutritious, one or the other, because they're rich in those anthocyanins. So nice. Um, well, <laughs> People need to know you're not only a Harvard-trained physician, you also are a chef. So you know of which you speak. I I love the fact that I went to culinary school and, and love the food that you prepare as well. Um, you know, I would love to do more of it, but I do um, work with my patients around just selecting and writing through my books, just easy recipes that are ones we can make. I think in general, people know what healthy eating is, but that action step is often really hard for people. Absolutely, especially when it's so easy just to go through a drive through and get, you know, two drive through calories for, you know, a dollar. So the drive through and also the ultra processed foods are marketed, you know, in a way that it's convenience, it's easy and busy families, you know, think, well, that frozen, whatever it is, is, is going to be, you know, a better, fast and easier for me. And so I think we need to rethink that as real solutions for people. Well, you know, it's interesting because you're talking that there are certain foods that can calm your mind. And those foods that you mentioned, I think they actually can have the opposite effect on many people. They can actually make them anxious, depressed, and, and not That's well. Right. It, correct. So the ultra processed foods, the fast foods, the junk foods, the, you know, the extra sugars in foods, they are um, really damaging to our brain, but they're also not great for our, our mental well-being. You know, once in a while, if you had a, you know, um, had a had a sweet treat that's different, but you can't eat those every single day because that just is not going to be healthy for your brain, um, or your metabolism, or your body, or or any any parts of it. But starting off with your brain. Well, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And many people are having dessert like for all three meals. I mean, a lot of what people think of yes. as food is, is really dessert. You know, breakfast cereal, it's, children's breakfast cereal. Is, is like dessert. I think that's an excellent point. I was speaking to someone today who was commenting that when um, they have guests from overseas, how even the savory foods are so sweet th for these individuals. And I think that that's absolutely true. Our, our, our foods tend, even our savory foods are hyper-sweetened um, or sweeter than other foods. And the other thing is that uh, for the most part, people um, don't realize they're consuming that amount of sugar. And even as something like a, um, you know, a, a, a product that has added sugars, you don't realize even something as simple as ketchup, you know, has and, added sugars, a salad dressing. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be there. We're both chefs. It doesn't need to be. That we can yeah. make marinara sauce. We can make salad dressings. And if you did all of it, this, you could put something like this naturally sweet, like balsamic vinegar or a date. I, I read once that's right. more sugar in a half a cup of a traditional marinara that you would find like a jar yeah. 
store than in two Oreos. Interesting. I didn't hear that statistics, but I would totally believe it because even when you taste it, it is super sweet. Um, but also, I think we need to understand that when even when you're preparing it in a restaurant, we don't need to be, you know, we don't need to add all that ton of sugar. So, so I think it comes back to those basics of being um, healthier for your brain health and really realizing that the foods that you may be worried about your waistline are actually impacting things like anxiety. And, you know, research showed, Chef AJ, that as we came through the pandemic, um, a study published in Lancet showed that anxiety has increased by 25%. It was always the most common condition. It got worse during COVID. Processed food sales also got worse during COVID. And anxiety is at an all-time high. So this book is meant to actually provide hope that you have the power at the end of your fork. You can make these choices. You can, you know, skip the drive-through and try out some simple recipes at home um, or, you know, make healthier choices when you are in the supermarket. Just those healthy whole foods, you know, like the cauliflower, like the broccoli. Uh, th those are the things we want to start with. And you can have those frozen. If you don't want to, you know, clean the whole cauliflower, you can get frozen cauliflower. Just make sure there's no added syrup uh, or um, sauce or sugar in it, you know, and that's an equally healthy option uh, because, you know, the vegetables are flash frozen. So they, they're pretty healthy. Absolutely. I've read that frozen can be every bit, if not more nutritious than fresh, but it seems that most people aren't, other than maybe you and me and a few of the viewers, aren't eating very many mm -hmm. vegetables or even whole foods for no. them. Uh, neither, you know, neither vegetables or, or whole foods. <clears throat> and also, you know, <clears throat> the food industry takes off on different fads. So now that cauliflower is having a moment, now it's in pizza crust and it's in all it's all over the place. And the reality is, uh, those are still highly processed, you know. So unless you're making it from at home with, uh, you know, shredding the cauliflower and, and doing that whole process, which is a little more complicated, it is still a processed food. Absolutely. You mentioned your patients. I, I'm curious because people always want to know when we have yeah. a wonderful doctor on the show. Are you in private practice? Could someone see you if they wanted to? Right now, I'm, I'm not in private practice. I'm attached to the hospital. And we are building out more resources at the hospital because the good news is that nutritional psychiatry is something more people want to do and hear and, and obtain. So we're trying to have more clinicians um, train and study this so that they can offer these services. Great. I know you've been conducting research on how the impact of foods can help regulate anxiety and calm our mind. Can, can you talk a little bit about what you've yes. discovered? Yes. So, you know, it turns out that a few things are true. Our metabolism, um, so how our body burns and stores energy and, and really how it functions, um, it is coded in a certain part of the brain, which is the same area that are hotbeds for anxiety, the, the hippocampus and the amygdala. So one of the things I want to share with your audience today is that when we are eating poorly, it it's going to drive your anxiety. And if you're noticing that you know you've not been eating that well and you're also struggling with sleep because anxiety can show up in different ways you can stop sleeping properly you can wake up with a knot in your stomach you can feel you know um uh, an increased heart rate and discomfort during the day it can be many different things um so that is that is one of the things we want to be careful of the other is that you know it, you know a lot about gut health, but that gut-brain connection is so critically important. So if we are, again, eating the ultra-processed foods, it's actually upping the inflammation and dysbiosis in the gut. 
And that means <clears throat> that you are setting yourself up for dysbiosis and you are setting yourself up for an increase in mental health symptoms, especially anxiety. I've seen this where, you know, individuals make a change in their diet and have an uptick in anxiety. A few weeks later, they don't even realize that they think it's something else going on in their lives. So it's empowering to know that we can really make an impact through how we're eating. And that can impact how we calm our mind, how we feel better. Yeah. You know, I've heard you say that there are women that maybe didn't experience anxiety earlier in life, but as they reach yeah. perimenopause and beyond, they do. Mm -hmm. Why is that and what can we do about it? It's true. There's so many hormonal fluctuations and changes that happen as we reach perimenopause and then menopause. And women are vulnerable this way in the sense that, you know, their, their hormones are wreaking havoc. And, and often, so often they're seen, they see a primary care doctor and they are offered, you know, a medication like the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which is really not fair for them because they, no one has explored or asked them what was going on. Has something changed? Is something different? Uh, and that type of thing, you know, I think is, is important for us to understand. So one of the things I like to tell people about is when you're reaching that phase of life, maybe cleaning up your diet even more than you might have been becomes important because eating those anti-inflammatory, healthy whole foods, the colors of different uh, beautiful vegetables and fruits and berries are those phytonutrients that will help you. The antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties will help calm down that gut. Now the gut is, uh, uh, those gut microbes, the trillions of microbes that live there, they're dealing with sleep and circadian rhythm, which is your internal body clock, vitamin production, hormone production, sleep, immunity, infections, mental health, and more. So by eating that way and taking care of them, feeding them fiber they need, which we can only get from vegetables um, and beans, legumes, lentils, whole grains, by feeding them fiber, you are actually really making sure that they are fending off inflammation. And I've had patients where we tweak the diet towards even more whole foods, more plant-based foods, um, more antioxidants and plant polyphenols. They really start to help reduce their symptoms. So it's something to something to think about. There isn't an easy cure. The other thing, though, is hydration. Um, we can feel much more anxious if we're not drinking enough water. So a calming tea to sip throughout the day, as well as a, a you know a bottle of water or a glass of water um, that you're sipping on is very very important. And you know refill it a few times, of course. Well, it sounds to me that what's good for the brain is good for the gut, and all, all, pretty much everywhere. Correct. That's true. Good for the gut is good for the brain and vice versa. But those two organs seem to be so linked in terms of mental well-being. Um, but the, the gut is also performing so many other functions that it makes sense that if you're eating to take care of your gut health, you're going to really improve other things. I've had individuals improve their skin conditions, um, lose weight, um, you know, feel obviously the mental health symptoms, but in addition to that, other things where they are feeling feeling better as well. So your first book, you came on the show once to talk about it. This is your brain on food. I haven't received that book yet. I'm sure I'll get it any minute. Yes, it's on the way. But I'm curious, is is Calm Your Mind with Food kind of a continuation of this book where it left off? It's, it, you know, it's an interesting question. So what we did, what I did with the second book is in book one, we went through the different mental health conditions from depression, anxiety to PTSD, OCD, and more, um, all different conditions and the foods to embrace and foods to cut back on. And what happened during the pandemic, uh, my first book, This Is Your Brain on Food, was released in 2020. 
And what happened is that all I saw during the pandemic was more cases of anxiety and people just feeling so incredibly anxious, including all ages. So I felt that that was important to offer solutions for people because it was what I was seeing. And what Calm Your Mind with Food does is it dives much deeper into anxiety, which makes sense because it's the most common condition. Um, the other thing it does is it breaks it down into the science. So if you're a nerd like me and you want to look at why, you know, inflammation and neuroinflammation and immunity and metabolism and all those things impact anxiety, you can read part one. But if you're just interested in the foods and the protocol, then go to part two and part three. Um, it has helpful things. It's meant to be a guide to really help you along. So it has helpful things like an anti-anxiety shopping list, um, a list of protocols um, and recipes. So that's it's, it's it's an easy way to get started. So I don't consider these two substances food, but some people do, and they're very common in our, our culture. I don't mm -hmm. think either of them, but what about things like coffee, caffeinated coffee and alcohol? What effects do those have on anxiety for people that suffer it, it, from it? Yes, it can be problematic for people with anxiety, but in my clinical work, what I find is people have different tolerances because going back to the gut, our gut is almost like a, a thumbprint for each one of us. Coffee on its own actually has plant polyphenols. It's the caffeine that's a problem. So if they have coffee, I ask them to get a clean, you know, a clean coffee, meaning find out where it's manufactured, that type of stuff, and also don't add junk to it and have it early in the morning and not and not too much of it. But if you have anxiety and you drink a sip of coffee and you feel jittery, it's not for you. With alcohol, you know, it's the same thing. Clean cocktails if you consume alcohol, but it, if it drives your anxiety, then this is not something for you. And I think that around the around the holidays, like we've just had, there are the coffee drinks are all on. I like to say on steroids because they're even more sweet, they have even more flavors, and even more calories and and just unhealthy stuff in it. Uh, and the marketing is really great. Uh, but same same thing with alcohol. There's the holiday cocktails, and you know this, and they often have a lot a lot of added sugars, added liqueurs, added um, juices, and simple syrup, which is simply sugar. So be careful with those. And, and if they if they trigger your anxiety, then they are not for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people take both every day. They start their day with caffeine, they end it with alcohol. And that's right. What effect do those have on the gut? Because I know that the gut health is as important to you as the brain health. As the brain health. So with coffee, um, it's coffee is actually not, because of the plant polyphenols, there's some level of protection there. Um, like I said, it's often the junky ingredients that are added to coffee that can be disruptive. With alcohol, that's different. It, it, there's definitely a an effect on the gut. Um, there's definitely an effect on other parts of the body and also depends on how much you consume. So drinking, if you do consume alcohol, drinking in moderation, being super cautious, having clean cocktails is the way to go. And with any habit, you know, making sure that you can keep it in check um, because these are potentially addictive substances. Absolutely. And a, lot, a lot of people say they, they feel anxiety in their gut, you know? How yes, yeah. A lot of times, yes. you know, when you're scared, how do you calm an anxious gut? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So coming an anxious gut actually starts off honestly with how you've been eating. And if you are if you if you are experiencing that, if you're experiencing that, you know, uh, anxiety in your gut, those those pangs, those terrors, those feelings like that, then take a take a pause, take a moment. There are a few non-food things to do and there are a few food related things to do. The fun the fun thing is that there's some some fun, you know, some cool things you can do. Like I have in my book, um, 
a recipe for lavender play-doh and so it's making your own play-doh it's an only non-edible recipe in the book it's really meant to for you to have something to work your hands to like a stress ball but you're just making it from from a simple dough and um, the you should also learn a breathwork exercise um, because that's very helpful to use when you're having an anxious moment uh, you can learn one of these having a meditation practice or something that calms your mind is super helpful to know um, and super helpful to to uh, kind of pull out of your pocket when you're having that moment. But then in terms of foods, it really is, is I like to ask people, um, you know, what was what was an un unhealthy habit that you that stuck with you after the pandemic? And some people it's, you know, eating, eating, um, you know, some type of uh, ice cream at night or next to a glass of wine or having cookies and chips and crackers that you know they they stocked up on so with all of these you have to really be be wary of this is now the time if it's bothering you this is the time to kind of you know make a positive change and say look it's it's time to rework this can i make uh, you can actually make ice cream from 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 fruit you I, actually don't need all the junk ingredients that go into it you know they have um, you can specifically for that now actually that's right exactly that's right you can make it entirely from fruit i've had an absolutely delicious avocado ice cream where you're getting you know the benefits of the fiber and the nutrients um from from um avocado which by the way has magnesium something that a lot of us lack and uh, no magnesium is associated with anxiety so it's a great it's a great one uh, to have and to use. So start there, you know, start to step back on that habit, try to see what you can do to change it. And it's a good, it's a really good jumping off point. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I have had a machine since I'm 19 called the champion juicer where you literally freeze ice cream and you just run it through the chute and it tastes just like delicious, creamy sorbet. So right. it's actually been, been around for a while. Are there certain foods that are, if you had to list, like, I don't know, the top three or the top 10 that are especially known for helping people with anxiety? And conversely, are there foods that are really known for making anxiety worse in people that already right. suffer with it? Right. So let's start off with the foods to step away from. Um, you won't be surprised by this one, but it's the ultra processed, processed junk foods and fast foods. Fast foods not only have additional uh, ingredients, but even the French fries have like added sugar in them. They engineered to be that way to, you know, trick us into, into cravings and they are hyper palatable. The other big group is um, the processed uh, oils. Uh, a lot of people cook with processed seed oils and uh, these are just not healthy for multiple reasons, but they're also pro-inflammatory. Um, the added sugars, that's not going to be a surprise, but added sugars actually affect your brain. So the um, added sugars in foods is something we want to be super careful about as well. Um, the uh, hydrogenated fats, the trans fats in foods that are shelf stable, um, some shelf stable bakery goods, you know, you can buy them now and use them in two weeks. Those are the ones we want to be careful about because they have the wrong types of fats in them. Um, and then another one is artificial sweeteners, which um, there's some newer ones that, which may be a little bit healthier, but the older ones in, in diet sodas and things are just not good for us. So you know, be careful of those foods. But the foods that you can step into are foods that are rich in B vitamins, uh, things you know that are uh, the polyphenols and things like berries, 
Um, you always want to be eating a kaleidoscope of color is what I call it uh, from the fruit and vegetables that you're consuming because they also have antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties. I want people to be thinking about iron because many women and children are deficient in iron and you can actually get the highest, uh, highest level of plant-based iron from dark chocolate. So extra dark natural chocolate has iron. And what you want to do is pair it with some form of citrus, like a piece of orange or a, 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 a clementine, because that helps the absorption and it's a, a great flavor profile too. Um, then, you know, uh, things like choline from legumes are, are super important. Vitamin C, which you can get from um, lots of different uh, uh, citrus fruit, but also um, red bell peppers and kiwi are some of the highest. And um, vitamin D uh, as well. Now, vitamin D is interesting because many people in the Northeast could be deficient in vitamin D. You can spend 10 minutes in the sun and get about 80% of your vitamin D for the day, then put on your sunblock or your sunscreen, um, but you can also get it in um, in other foods. So these are, these are easy ways to kind of get you started on this journey. There are hundreds of foods in the book, but mostly it's about choosing your anti-anxiety shopping list, choose the foods that appeal to you, the recipes that appeal to you, and kind of follow along on the protocol. Well, if I understanding you, it sounds like things that are found in nature, whole foods are going to be health promoting, whether to the brain or the gut and things that are processed, yes. ultra processed, not so much. The, exactly correct. And, you know, what I did is I divided up, um, I talk about uh, the six pillars of anxiety and uh, I'll share some of them with you today. The, the Exactly. The first one is eat whole. We've actually done two today. Eat whole, be whole. Um, because it's about eating that orange and skipping the store-bought orange juice, which is stripped of fiber and has a lot of added sugar. And another one is uh, avoiding those anxiety-triggering foods. We just went through that list. And we actually talked about the kaleidoscope of colors that I want people to think about. Um, because in nature, there's so many beautiful hues and colors. And each of them really represents this amazing amount of uh, not critical phytonutrients, which we need, not only for our gut microbes, but also just for our bodies and brain. I think people are going to be happy to hear that you re you recommended chocolate as a, as a, as a <laughs> I think that people will be very happy to do that. You know, you talked about that there was a connection between immunity and anxiety. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, you know, the 70% of our immune system is in the gut. Many people don't realize that. So the food that we eat is impacting our immune system as well. And so in the book, I break down the, in a simple form, just the different types of immunity and how we can eat in an impactful way um, to, to help that. Uh, the other factor is that the, um, um, metabolism in, in our bodies, you know, is in the same area of the brain as where our anxiety centers are triggered. So just being aware that eating healthier, because we know that about 93% of us have some form of metabolic issue, may not be obviously not the full-blown syndrome, but certainly have some issues. So just eating, starting to really clean up your diet a little bit. Any one of us, none of us eats a perfect diet, but if you, we start to do that, we could actually see an improvement in anxiety. How do foods that promote inflammation affect the brain and maybe anxiety as well? Yeah. So the foods that, um, you know, increase inflammation, 
they interact with the gut microbes and the breakdown products of uh, what the microbes interact with these unhealthy foods are actually more toxic to the gut. So there are good microbes and bad microbes and the bad ones are fed by these unhealthy foods. And so what happens is they, they break down products more toxic. These toxic products damage the single cell lining of the gut and start to cause over time conditions like leaky gut, which is intestinal permeability. And once that starts to happen, it, it is definitely problematic for your gut. Um, but once there's leakage of these toxic substances into your circulation, it also reaches the brain and other parts of your body. So gut inflammation ultimately leads to brain or neuroinflammation. Something important for us to understand, people hear this buzzword inflammation a lot, and I want them to understand that, you know, if you fall and scrape your knee, if you have an injury, then it needs the body to jump in and have, you know, acute healing. Then that is... Um, that is a form of inflammation that our body needs. But here we are actually talking about a more chronic insidious inflammation. And one of the main causes is, um, is how we eat. So this is, um, it, it's critical for us to understand that inflammation can be driven by the, that list of foods that we spoke about. How do things like stress and anxiety affect cravings even? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, people use the term stress eating and it's actually pretty real in terms of what they describe about the, the psychology of eating and how they describe that they might choose foods. So um, some of the, t some we'll talk about it. I also say that one of the tips I have for people is um, drink a glass of water because our hunger signals and thirst signals uh, operate from a, a very similar part of the brain. And so it might be that you are thirsty when you feel hungry. So drink a glass of water that could also help cravings. But when people are stressed, you know, they talk about sort of not only stress eating, but reaching out for these foods that help calm them. Unfortunately, the foods that we, you know, we don't usually choose carrots and broccoli when we're feeling stressed. And this is here and is the issue because when that happens, um, the uh, the underlying um you know the underlying uh um I'm sorry the, the, the one of the things that we need to understand is that when we are stressed like maybe have an argument with a spouse or um have a bad day at work a colleague the microbes actually respond to stress and this is really fascinating it's almost like they have feelings, you know, and so we talk about gut feelings, all the microbes probably have some feelings and they start to react and respond. You won't necessarily feel it immediately, but over time, if you continue to be stressed, that is going to evolve and change them and what they do. So these things are just hugely important. One of the things we want to think about for conditions like this level of stress is what can we do? Uh, my patients with anxiety will often, some of them will say, I get on a treadmill and I do 20 minutes of a workout, I listen to music, I kind of try to let go of that tension and uh, that angst, and I feel better. Others will go for a walk, others will meditate, some will um, do a breathwork exercise, um, some almost way to trick their mind into getting over this uh, about of anxiety. So everyone almost has to find their own solution through experimentation with different methods, like a breathwork exercise, a walk, 20 minutes on the treadmill, whichever, you know, helps them to offset. And some people, it's just deep breaths um, thing and things like that. So it, it's it's not easy, but I think how we are eating is completely contri contributing to those moments as well. And hydration is key 
because when we're dehydrated, we can present as anxious or we can ha even have panic. Yeah, I think the in this country, the a lot of times it's just medication first and we're not even yes. anything else that could be helpful. Correct. You know, you mentioned how frozen fruits and vegetables being flash frozen are completely fine. They can be every bit as healthful as fresh. But what about organic? Does it have to be organic to have the anti-anxiety benefits that you talk about in the book? You know, I think that it is one of the things I always want to bear in mind is I'd much rather someone eat a whole food um, if they have access to that and if they can't afford the organic or they don't have supermarkets that stock that, uh, it would still they still they much rather eat an actual food than a processed version of it. But that being said, the Environmental Working Group puts out a couple of lists, the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen, and this can help guide you in the supermarket as to which foods to try to get organic. Strawberries is, by the way, one of the top of the list usually that you need to, or you want to buy organic. So think about getting frozen strawberries, which actually last longer. Um, unless, you know, they, they tend to be fragile. Um, but check out those lists because they're pretty easy. And the ones that you can kind of save your money on is the Clean 15, where you don't have to buy them organic. In terms of the anti-anxiety properties, the cleaner, the cleaner your diet, the more likely you are to succeed with this. But that being said, if you're having um, a frozen pizza versus an actual piece of cauliflower or some other whole meal, it's going to be so much better for you than um, than a version of that. So, um, you know, have faith that um, that it can help. Absolutely. You have a chapter in the book on macronutrients, a chapter on micronutrients. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about those and how those yes. can affect our brain health and anxiety? Yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing is that these are words that people often get confused by uh, what the different, uh, what, what, what these are. So, so one of the things I wanted to help people have is like to de demystify these different nutrients. So one of some of the important micronutrients that we want to be thinking about are things like magnesium. Um, magnesium, you can actually get from things like avocado. And many of us, it turns out, um, may be, you know, low in, in, in magnesium. Um, you know, macronutrients are the fat, the carbohydrates, and the proteins. They are the biggest components of the food that we eat. And we want to have these different components in our diets. Um, I do think that for carbohydrates, we want to think of the more complex carbohydrates that you get from things like cauliflower versus something, the carbohydrates you get from pasta or from bread or, um, you know, the types of donuts that we, we typically think of. So we want to eat these in balance, but also create a an, an anti-anxiety nutritional psychiatry plate that has really good uh, good foods in it. Then you know there's the different types of fats, then that's and the carbohydrates like we talked about. Then when you get to the micronutrients, they're kind of fun and interesting because we think about things like magnesium, iron, uh, vitamin C. You know the B vitamins, which are critically important. We want to think about the absorption and I wanted people to have sort of a guide as to what these different nutrients are and why they are important for brain health, but specifically to help calm the mind. Um, and then, um, you know, one of the things I do is offer really out of the box solutions 
for what we can do. So many people drink tea, but they don't necessarily experiment with passionflower tea or lavender tea. And one of my sayings is, you know, eat the blues to beat the blues. So <laughs> the blues from, uh, you know, anthocyanins and berries, um, you know, the uh, blue in passionflower tea um, and those those types of ideas that, you know, Will, will really up your game on the anthocyanins and the antioxidants that you're getting from certain interesting uh, interesting foods. That sounds like it'd be a great t-shirt or mug. Eat the blues, beat the blues. <laughs> beat the blues. <laughs> if I ever get you a present, I will definitely get you. <laughs> Thank you. You talk about uh, leptin in the book. Maybe you could talk about what it is and why it's important, especially for people that have mood or anxiety issues. Right. So leptin is a hormone. Um, and it's the hormone that really, um, it, it, it kind of tells us when we are full. It regulates our appetite. And so when you eat, you eat dinner or lunch and you have completed, do you sort of feel well, you feel satiated and leptin is basically giving the right signal for you to stop eating. But unfortunately, what happens when we're eating poorly and, you know, not really sticking to or, or trying to eat more healthy foods and a healthier diet, uh, leptin starts to malfunction. And when it malfunctions, it stops telling you that you are satiated, that you're full. And so here you, you know, you you have your plate of food and all of a sudden now you need a second or third round of food or you need more snacks or you need, you know, something else to fill you up after dinner is over. So being uh, understanding that because we know now metabolism and anxiety are connected, being aware of how, you are managing potential leptin resistance or the fact that we want leptin to be functioning at its peak, that is that is so important as well. So, you know, the, the through line is the more times that we're eating whole foods with specific foods that are helping anxiety become really uh, what is so key. Right. Thank you. You have a recipe in the book for shiitake bake, bacon. That is very intriguing. Yes. I'm glad you like it. You know, I uh, tasted it at a at a, a plant-based restaurant and I really loved it. I thought it was so clever. And so I asked them how they made it and tried to make an adaptation of it for, uh, you know, just having something, you know, you, you, you know how we love different shapes and textures and colors. And it's a great way to do that. Yeah. What are some of the must-haves for people's kitchen? Well, I, I'll tell you one of the things that I think about for my own my own fridge. So, in terms of food, um, I think that uh, because I also think about in terms of equipment. But um, for food, I, th- I would say lots of leafy greens. You know, making sure that you have them stocked every week. Some form of berries. My favorite are blueberries. And by the way, wild blueberries, sometimes you get them frozen, have twice the amount of antioxidants, so they're definitely worth an extra punch. Um, you know, uh, some form of protein that you like. My uh, my favorites are tempeh um, and uh, tofu, uh, you know, uh, uh, non-GMO organic tofu. So I eat some some little bits of that, but I really love my beans, lentils, legumes to get my sources of protein. Um, and I often, if I'm short on time, I'll get canned chickpeas, canned black beans, canned organic, rinse them out and use them. Um, and then, um, you know, other things that I want are the healthy fats from things like avocado. Those are critical. And I always have my nuts and seeds, which are my source of, um, you know, short chain omega-3s from flax seeds, hemp seeds, 
I even make um, a hemp milk. There's a hemp, hemp milk recipe in the book. And that really is to help, um, is to, uh, is, is so that it, it's not only a good source of short chain omega-3s, but it's a great way to have a, have a nut milk as well. Very nice. Do you have any of my favorite kitchen appliances in your home, like the instant pot pressure cooker? Or the yes, yes. I, I love those. I don't know if we keep, maybe we have slightly different brands, but I love inst the instant pot. I love to cook my lentils in there. I make dolls in there all the time. Um, soups, stews, it, it's excellent. And I love an air fryer because it gives us, it opens up the possibility of the crunchy foods like zucchini sticks and, you know, sweet potato fries, um, carrot sticks for kids, lots of lots of things that can be crispy without using um, any type of uh, oil, which is absolutely amazing to me. You know, I have this little thing on my desk. I got it at a health fair, but it made me think of you. It's like a brain. And I guess oh, I love that. Kind of, I guess it's one of those anti-anxiety squishers as long as yes. you gave us these things called sensory sticks that you can feel with your Oh, finger. I love it. Well, that this is fascinating. Did you know that I have one non-edible recipe in the book and it's for lavender Play-Doh? That sounds and so much fun. It's it's just something, it's exactly that principle, you know, something you can kind of move your hands with and, and squish around. So and I love that. Essential oils like lavender are also very calming. Very calming. And you can switch out the recipe. Say you like lemon balm, you know, the scent of lemon balm. Then you just switch out the um, the essential oil that you add. And most people just associate, you know, lavender with the spa experience or something like that. It's very calming in, in all domains, including a tea. So the lavender Play-Doh is really just a way to um, to really express like us having a stress ball, but made from uh, from food. Nice. You know, I, I once heard it said that exercise is the most underutilized antidepressant and anti-anxiety <laughs> medicine. So how do you recommend somebody get started? I think that, uh, you know, I think it's doing something that you enjoy. Um, that could you could start off with walking. You could build up on your steps. You could start with a treadmill. You could maybe start a Zumba class, or you could start working with a trainer who can hold you accountable and say, you know, I'm at the beginning of this. I just need to get started and learn some really good exercises to build my muscles, to do some cardio, to do some stretching, um, and and all of this. So, I think it's it's. Um, I think you have to do it until that feeling kicks in that, you know what, this this feels good because endorphins are naturally released when we exercise. So you, you want to be able to continue encouraging yourself to get to that point where you can uh, you, you are starting to feel good and you then want to do more of it. Um, so it's it's definitely a challenge, definitely a challenge. Yeah. When researchers, when we were researching this book, were there any foods that surprised you as being beneficial for anxiety that you might've thought, hmm, I mean, cause every, greens are always seem to be the answer for just about everything, but were there other, that's true. Yeah. Well, you know, um, extra dark, two things, extra dark chocolate. And the other one was ashwagandha because with ashwagandha, it's an ancient herb used often in Ayurvedic tradition and it's pretty bitter. So it's actually great to consider as a supplement because it has a good amount of evidence for anxiety. And the third one is saffron um, that helps both mood and anxiety. And anecdotally, um, a lot of my um, patients who have kids with anxiety 
have tried uh, saffron or ashwagandha, but you want to speak to the pediatrician about that as well. Uh, but they generally, you know, pretty easy to use and they have good evidence for, for calming. Do you recommend in general any kind of supplements or vitamins that people take in addition to the food? Definitely. I think that we, we none of us eats a perfect diet. So supplementing with something, um, it could be vitamin D, um, certainly in the Northeast, we are, uh, could be, we, we could be short. Magnesium is another one. Um, have your doctor check, check your levels because many Americans are short on magnesium. Um, iron is important because there's such a high rate of iron deficiency. Um, so if you're feeling weak, fatigued, tired, wondering if you might have anemia, it might be a good one to check and your doctor will check your different uh, panels on the iron levels. So these are, these, there, there are several, you know, that I think, um, full certainly full a nutritional gap that we could need that we need and I think it would be good for you you know yesterday was a holiday and a lot of people probably ate too much and too much of the wrong things and <laughs> struggle often to get back on track what advice do you have to help people take the first step or the next step um first the first is no regrets because studies have actually shown that when you when you're feeling badly and you're remorseful and you're upset, it actually has a different uh, impact on how you absorb food as well. So what I want people to do is reset. Just wake up and say, "Hey, I had a great holiday yesterday. Yeah, you know, but too many pieces of well, maybe just pie or something else. Um, but today, I'm uh, it's a new day. How do I how do I get started with uh, with the new me today? Um, having indulged yesterday." And what am I going to have for lunch? Or what is what is that healthier version of food that maybe I'll make a nice pot of soup for myself um, with lots of veggies in it and something that will be calming for me, uh, satiating and enjoyable. Uh, maybe I'll have some, you know, some healthy snacks, a couple of pieces of fruit, um, maybe make myself, a, you know, a, a veggie bowl or a, a salad, but something that, will allow me to reset my mind and and feel like you know what this is this is today's a new day and how am I going to feel better yeah I think what a lot of people do is if they overindulge or binge then they restrict and then they get into this vicious cycle binge restrict repeat exactly yeah absolutely well congratulations on the new book I wish you, you success we have both thank in you chat. yeah of course we have the thank you beautiful yes, cover sir. well it's Thank funny purple and green are my two favorite colors so it's really very, i love it very visually appealing so we have both in the chat and the show notes for uh where people can get it do you do you care where they get it whether it's on amazon a bookstore whether they buy the audible uh, or the book um, version? i so I, i'm going to ask people to really reach out for the hardcover um and to support your local bookstore uh, buy it online if that's easier for you um, but definitely want to encourage people towards the hardcover book. Um, and I think that, you know, um, I, I just appreciate the support, Chef AJ. Always enjoy talking to you and love uh, talking to your community. So thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And in addition to the book, is there a place that you like people to connect with you? Perhaps it's Instagram. Yes. I'm on Instagram and actually I'm on all of the social media channels at D-R-U-M-A-N-A-I-D-O-O. And check out my newsletter at umanaidumd.com. You can also buy the book there, by the way. But at umanaidumd.com, you can sign up for my new weekly newsletter. And I talk about a new food every week um, and give you the, the facts and the rundown. 
That's so great. Thank you so much, Dr. Nadu. Thank you. Thanks so much, Chef AJ. Good to see you. Absolutely. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for Chef Ron Russell. Take care, everyone.